0: Welcome to Writer Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, launching a book into space. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Russ Capasso and joining me as always is Tim Letney.
1: Tim, how are you? Uh, I feel like I am light years away from launching a book, but you're close. I'm, I'm so close. I'm so, so maybe close. Maybe you can um, teach me what the heck to do. (laughs) I don't know. I can share,
0: I can share the things that I think I should be doing and the things that
1: I think I'm doing wrong. You must be doing some just accidentally.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like this podcast,
0: I guess. Right. There you go. Marketing. (laughs) I know you hate when I say this, but shipping any product, it's like, oh, making sure I have all my, my ducks in in a row.
1: No, no. I hate your spreadsheets. Oh, you my but I, I, uh, but I like it's, it when you talk about your your history as a product manager.
0: You hate my spreadsheets until you use them, and then you're like, you know what? These aren't so bad. <laughs> I saw your spreadsheet, by the way. For your it's very helpful. Like it's very
1: helpful for editing. <laughs> yes, I built that myself, though. Okay, you did. Although you I did, I think I think I had a mental image of what yours was like, though. So Are yeah, you? I'm on the spreadsheet train. Do you have a spreadsheet for your book launch? <laughs> I do, actually. I do. I do. What a surprise.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not not surprising at all. So well, that's good. Going through this process, like uh, taking a step back and like, you know, you do the Google search for like how to launch a book. And I look at this. I'm like, this is the same thing for when I was a product manager working with marketing teams and whatnot, right? It's like, here are all the, here are the checklist items to do. X number of months out before launch day, right? So it's like, it's always like six months before the launch, you know, start promoting your book through like your newsletter to your subscribers. I don't have any subscribers yet. No (laughs) one knows who I am. No one cares about who I am,
1: right? Do you have a newsletter?
0: I do, I have it set up. So you can go to russcapasso.com and sign up. Uh, So
1: you've got a website? Yes, I do have a website. So I, you've got so that's that's probably one of the things like have an yeah. author website. Make Having sure that a, you've got a landing page for yourself and your book.
0: Yep, hundred percent. I've got all those those steps. Making sure you have a newsletter sign up to get you know obviously people signing up so you can keep them pulled in uh, and giving sending them something like once a month um, updates on new books and stuff because like those are gonna be like as I keep reading and researching it sounds like the email newsletter is still a very powerful thing for for authors. Because those people who are signing up, they're clearly on the line of being fans and they want to hear what's coming up and what, what you're working on next, right? You, you increase your chances of, of a sale through having a new, your email newsletter.
1: And is the idea, right, that like you'd have a e-news website or podcast and that you're giving away some content or you're giving away some advice with, with the idea that you're kind of pulling people into yeah. an ecosystem and honestly like a, a pathway to, to purchase a book? Yeah. Or is it just out of the, the goodness of your heart?
0: Both, Tim. Both. <laughs> I want to share my experiences and pains of going through this process. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, of course, like that's 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 kind of part of it, right? I mean, you know, having some value or content you can provide to to people to pull them in to to then say like, oh, maybe I'm interested in the, this. You know, the, the next step of what this person's providing for me would be like a book. So like, great if someone listens to the podcast and like, oh, cool, I think I like what he has to say about stuff. Yeah. Let me check out his book the most interesting kind of stepping back from all this is, is all these different things you can do six, they suggest like six months out, have start promoting book covers. And so I didn't have my cover done, ready to go six months ago. I had a good idea what it was going to be, but I didn't have it ready, yeah. you know, um, website all this stuff, that was pretty easy. Um, building a social media platform. Uh, I think you and I are somewhat similar in this category where me personally, like, I loathe the idea of trying to build a social media platform and like, I just, I I don't, I don't know if that's, and and I think that's okay. I mean, uh, there's a lot of conversation of does social media actually, is there, you know, return on investment on that for, for book sales again, have specific goals. Is it to sell books or is it to get people to go and sign up for your newsletter? Like, Making sure you have clear right. goals so you know what you're doing when you're going to do these things. And I think that was something I wasn't sure about yet. So I didn't dive into any of them because I was like, Well, am I just doing this just for book sales? Or am I doing this to build kind of quote unquote like a fan base of some sort or you know, pull people mm-hmm. in? And if they happen to buy a book, great. Um, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, that's that is the end goal. But long term, when I write book two or book three, I'd love to have those people on my newsletter. So if they don't like they can see that progress and when updates come out, they're like, Oh. Here's, you know, I'll check out this this book and oh, this author has a, has a first book? Well, let me check that out. Some of, the, some of the key things I've been thinking about. A lot of them that I haven't been doing though yet. Um, and I'm trying to decide which ones are the most important things for me to do for launching. And uh, I was so concerned about having all the formats ready. Like I don't need to have the audiobook ready day
1: one. That can come out a couple months later. But you're definitely doing an audiobook too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to do cool. one that'll probably come out a couple months later uh, from after the launch. Hopefully. But uh, I, I think the other thing, too, I've been finding, you know, there's a lot of, you know, they're like, oh, three to four months out. Get your book out to like ARCs, you know, the advanced review copies, get them out to reviewers. Mm-hmm. And that that one is, I think is, I think that would be really, that's obviously very important. Um, and now when I'm having a tough time kind of.
1: So that's three to four months in advance of you launching it publicly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like a, a hindsight thing, right? Yeah. Like, There's no but, way you're going to do it this time. No. And maybe next time.
0: Yeah. And it's like, and this is probably a misstep on my, on my part. Like I'm at this point now where I just want to get this book out and I don't want to wait want oh, to six
1: months to like, and you could, right? You could finish Absolutely. it. I mean, and you could sit on it. Yep. Absolutely. And I guess the question is. It feels like a sneeze. I'll I mean, never get out though. Like I want
0: to, <laughs> I want to get this thing out and work on the next book, you know? it's
1: like So it's like a motion verse approach. Like, you know, objectively that maybe you should sit on it and wait and, yes. you know, start doing some ground marketing, but personally you're like i just need to get this thing done so i can move on to the next thing
0: yes yeah
1: like that's where my, my
0: mindset is at. I and mean, if that's i don't know if that's that's probably not the right way to 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 do
1: this but for me it's the way it's yeah actually. but it's your way i think that's okay
0: yeah it's gonna keep me sane you know and i think it's, it's also... gonna keep
1: you going i mean yes. once again we talk about that's every inch momentum. of the way they're <laughs> totally it's momentum. all about momentum right so and, and that's I, not nothing.
0: Yeah. And I, and you know, that's, you know, something to sit back and think about. Like, yeah, I, I could sit there another six months and then go through this checklist of all these things and start pushing these things. And then like, I hate the idea of spending six months doing uh, like a ton of work towards just the marketing and everything and all these bits. And, and then what's the return on that, you know? Um, and it's tough because like as a first time author, I have nothing else published. In my mind, I think the best strategy for me is to get this book out. Keep the momentum going mm-hmm. and then start doing these things to, to that because like going into a second book, I'll have a great idea of when I can get it done. I've gone through this process once. I've Now I see where I can write a first draft in two months, two and a half months. I can get it edited in like a month. I can go through my my revisions in like a month or two months. You know what I mean? So it's like I got a tighter timeline. I could say I can get this yeah. book out by spring of 2024. Now, it's I hit that six month mark, I can start doing these things with a little more focus on them. Uh, because I think this time it was just me like, uh, how do I write a sentence? Or what are my characters doing? You know, like, I was like, that was my biggest concern. Because at yeah. the end of the day, obviously, doing all this launch stuff, social media, it doesn't matter if the book sucks. <laughs> so... Right, it's like at the end of the day, like if the book sucks, like no one's gonna care. So
1: I mean, I can I I can totally like relate to the idea of like I just want it done so I can move to the next thing. Yeah, I'm constantly pulling, and I mean, I've edited the heck out of my book. Like this is my fifth edit. Yeah, I have at least one more. You know, I want to make sure it's as good as it can be. But in the same respect, I want to start writing a new story. I want some new characters. You know, I want new experiences. So yeah. Yeah. I I I, I feel you. I feel you. I feel like that, the urgency.
0: Yeah. Just like getting it, getting it complete. Uh, and it's been a while. It's been, I've been working on this for a long time now and it's, it's, I'm ready, but I think, you know, (laughs) I'm done, I'm done. I'm ready. I, but I I think there's, again, it's, I think, you know, maybe there's someone else who's a first time author who is, you know, maybe way more aggressive and into doing these things and can do these really well. Um, you know, and I, I, I've reflected enough on my own skill set to know <laughs> like I'll get spread thin and I won't, I won't do these things to the point where I'm happy with them. And that's what I don't want. I don't want to just do mm-hmm. something half assed. And that's why I was like, you know what, social media, let's just, let's narrow it down. Okay. Sure. Advertising. You can go to book you can go to Amazon ads, you can run Facebook ads. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to focus on one platform, Facebook, because that's got, as I keep reading, that's got a great return for, you know, the slicing you can do for your demographics. Um, so it's like, let me focus on those things, get the book out there. And I'm okay with like a longer tail, uh, type of launch. Right. Because I think that's okay. Like, uh, you know, obviously having a bunch of noise about it on day one is great, but if that noise disappears at day two, it's no, one's going to care. Right. I planned out ad campaigns for, for Facebook over like the next year. So it's like, all right, what do I want people to do? Well, initially let's get drive awareness of the book, get people to my website, get people signed up for newsletter, sell a co- couple copies right and then I'm changing that campaign every three months to kind of reflect maybe the state of where the book is and sales are. So did it's you like, set,
1: did you set a budget or is the budget based on income from the book?
0: uh i I set a I set a budget uh, I think I had like a total monthly budget of just like I haven't played enough with the ads yet so I don't know. Um, I know like the Amazon ones, like it's, it's kind of pays as as they click type of deal. Oh, is Uh, it? Yeah. So you can, you can put as much money as you want into it. And obviously that'll change, you know, obviously your, your impact Facebook. It's like, I can load up like a hundred bucks and kind of run with that in a month, you know, play around with tweaking. Uh, and that will still have an impact, you know, or 50 bucks yep. a month is still something. So that's still kind of TBD. I think in my mind, I'm like, let me just start with like 100 bucks a month. And we'll kind of go over there. Just play around the Facebook ads. Let me get comfortable just making the ads, setting demographics and seeing what the impact is uh, yep. and then changing those over the year uh, or every three months just to see, you know, what, what works best.
1: You know what it reminds me of a bit of our um, about like you honing in on platforms it reminds me of our goals episode whereas you can't have too many yeah i'm sorry you can have too many and the more you have the the less effective you are yes across all of them right and i remember after that episode i sat down myself and i was like what are my goals yeah knowing full well i can probably do two of them yeah maybe (laughs) right yeah and otherwise i'm just you know spreading myself way too thin. So it's interesting that that relates to the marketing as well. Like, yeah, you can be on every platform, not effectively. You yep. can be spread thin and yep. and probably get less return because of that. Yeah, Interesting.
0: Yeah. No, uh, 100%. And I, and I think I got so caught up in like reading all these uh, six months, three months, a year before, one month before launch, I got so caught up in all those tasks and like the checklist and all this sort of stuff. My brain was like, melting at the thought of having to do all of this by myself. Uh, And, and that's when I was like, you know what? I don't need to do all this. (laughs) And if you want to have a long
1: tail, if you don't want just one spike in the beginning of sales and you want to have like a steady amount across, then I think you're going about it wisely. Right? Like,
0: I mean, and it's also the first book. It's, it's going to be a test. Like this isn't going to be perfect, you know, and I'm going to learn as I go to see what work, what works for me that I can, you know, that again, comes back to what you're saying of like, I also don't want to feel disingenuous about these things I'm doing. I don't want to just have like an automated tweet that I'm like, you know, put up every six hours, say buy my book,
1: you know, like I want. But you know what? I got to tell you, like my hesitation is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Well, like if if you're making art and you want people to see it, I think that's something I need to wrestle with, right? Like the authenticity of it, because it's the people who sell and the people who are successful not to say they're shameless, they don't hesitate to talk about themselves. They don't yeah. hesitate to put themselves out there. Yeah. So I, I, the last thing I want is to like influence you about authentic. Like it's, no, you were authentic when you wrote your book. You, you, right? I, I, I thought think, about this
0: before you even mentioned it. And because I, yeah. and I thought, I know I, I, I did. Cause like even thinking about like, what am I going to do on Twitter? Like, I don't feel comfortable there. I don't
1: feel. I mean, I wrestle with that and have like, just with, cause that's what social is anyway. Take away the product. Yeah, we're all kind of sort of marketing different aspects of our life and highlighting certain things. Yeah, yep. it's one of the things that completely turned me away from it because it was just these, it was this veneer or this like inauthentic slice of life that was meant to like, I don't know, not breed jealousy but at least brag a little bit. Yeah. So it, it's, it, but to me it's different. Like if you did a thing, like you worked your butt off for over two years on this thing, that's worth. More than my avocado toast picture, <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> I don't know, avocado toast is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes back to what you just said, just kind of reinforcing that. Like the, the goals episodes, it's, it's a great point. Like seeing the goal, like what are your goals for this and looking at all the things that you can do to promote your book and picking the things that make sense for you at the end of the day. Yeah.
1: Don't and if you get... want to be read, I think be okay selling it. I, I mean it's yeah. something I need to wrestle with, but you it you can't just be Like I am my whole life, like cutesy on the sideline, not doing it. You kind of got to step in and be your own best advocate and not wait for somebody else to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of feel like one of the reasons why I'm like, I want to be traditionally published is because I'm like, I don't want to do that. And I'm learning more and more that the traditionally published route, you have to anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You still need to be your own advocate. You still need to sell your own book. You still need to put yourself out there. Yeah. You can't just you know hide like the authors of old and and hope that people read you yeah I mean, I mean, you could if it's not your goal, if it's not, if you don't want to sell right No, but I just want to be praised from afar. I want people to see (laughs) a a black and white image of me. Yeah. And that's all, you know, (laughs) I want the mystique of author. I don't want the author during the age of social media. Yeah. I certainly don't want the author in the age of AI.
0: Oh Um, boy. That's gonna be a whole nother topic we're gonna be chatting about someday.
1: I, I feel like another piece of this, right. In addition to setting a day and having a website and, Having social and doing an ad campaign, yeah, is like a book launch. Are you planning yeah. on a, like a book launch, like an in person? Yeah, you know, yeah. Actually, smash the champagne and launch the sucker.
0: Yeah, smash the craft beer all over the place. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Actually, uh, that was like kind of like the big thing, and it kind of sparked another idea. Uh, so, if there's any other authors out there? Keep listening. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm going to do a a book launch party. Nice, and I'll be like you know friends and family. And uh, actually, the the local brewery, in my neighborhood, uh, was like, you should have it here, like do it here.
1: Oh, that's awesome! What's the brewery? Remnant Brewing
0: in Somerville. Uh, they make awesome beer, and I'm down there quite a bit. And I wrote a lot of this book there. So they're like, yeah, you should do it here. Just have like the party here. And I was like, okay, yeah, that'd be great. So, that's cool
1: that you wrote a lot of the book there.
0: Yeah, well, you know, word count and beer count kind of have like there's, like there's a there's a <laughs> there is a
1: there is a chart where like. Word count goes down as beer count goes up. But yeah, I wrote, you know, I that's wrote. Good. You probably introduced a lot of things for your editor to take care of when yeah. you were there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool that they're in your corner. It's cool that you can have it there. Uh, yeah. I'll definitely come up for that. That's cool, man.
0: Yeah. And and that's, and that kind of sparked another idea of the, another part of like, okay, once you've launched a book, uh, you, you know, that that's not done, you're not done, right? You're not done promoting it. And there's always these, uh, you know, Get into books, bookstores, and do you know readings and stuff like that. And I've heard the nightmares about doing that where people like set these things up and like no one shows up, and you're sitting there just reading. Dude, I've own seen book. a
1: lot of social posts lately, <sighs> uh, maybe because the maybe I don't know the algorithm's hitting me, but it's just a lot of um sad authors and pictures of empty chairs, yeah. And like, I, but I'll tell you what, that pity party, no offense to that, what to when that happens, yeah, but on social, there's impact, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. nobody shows up to your to your book reading, but then you kind of. Feel sad online, and people rally around you. Yeah. So, I'd say just like everything, like take the loss as a learning experience, and just drive through it because it might turn into engagement somewhere else. Yeah, I'm also want to change
0: like the idea of of that book tour, that book reading process. Because I don't, I don't want to do that. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to go into a bookstore and read to no
1: one? That sounds sad. Here's a crazy thing: I don't like marketing. I I love the idea. Of going to like a bookstore or a library and reading, but yeah, you it, have your, it taps your... back into like yeah, good. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna you say, gonna I, just picture... <laughs> oh, no, I was gonna <laughs> picture you with like your
0: tea and like your scarf and like.
1: Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I I used to go to like poetry readings and and yeah. book readings when I was in undergrad, so it reminds me a little bit of that. But I guess that's the erudite thing, like come listen to me. But yeah, yeah. um, maybe you know what? If nobody comes, I'll just take a picture and put it online. Yeah.
0: And it... <laughs> no
1: one i'll be there i'll be in the back row you'll be there you're gonna come down to jersey yes like single clap
0: (laughs) again again more more (laughs) more (laughs) chapter two again (laughs) yeah i think there's a lot of room for creativity for once a once a book comes out i mean obviously the, the bookstore book readings is still a thing um i'm I don't know if I'm too into it. So I'm going to try and come up with some other ideas for like once the book launches like throughout the year, because like you got to once you launch a book, you got to keep promoting it, you know. Uh, did you look
1: into like, like based on metrics or analytics, the best times of year to launch?
0: Yeah, Uh I did a little bit of that a while ago. Um, But yeah, I mean, typically like the springtime before you hit the summer crowd is is big. There's there's even breakdown based on the types of books and when to to send them right holidays obviously people are buying books for for gifts not necessarily mm-hmm. that people are reading them but a lot of but sales buying them. yeah buying them and there's certain types of books uh during that time i think like more mysteries and stuff like that the romance thrillers are pretty big for the summer obviously like the blockbuster read or there's the beach reads, uh, right, like the beach reads yeah yeah so like aiming for springtime felt pretty good um i also just like the springtime so i was like yeah this feels like a good time feels like a natural time for me to like really release the book so in a nutshell i don't uh there's not much else i i've like i said i've kind of narrowed my my biggest thing now is figuring out this like the advanced review process Mm -hmm. um there are some like legit again a self-publishing going to um like a known publication to, you know, or or service or group like New York times, they're not going to read a self-published book, like, or highly unlikely unless the thing is already really, you know, popular. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So going to them is is going to be kind of a waste of time. I think there's, there's other uh, review groups out there who are expanding their, parameters or threshold to include self-published authors now. Yeah. There's a, I'm blanking on there's one like the San Francisco review, I think is what it's called. Uh, There's another one in, um, oh God, what's it called? The Kirkus, I think like those are pretty big, I think book reviewing like groups, uh, publications. Um, And they're expanding out to like accepting self-published um, oh, cool! Yeah, which is cool. There's limitations to some of them that I'm finding. Like one was like yeah, the book has to be published, and then you know you you know the review has to happen, or you have to submit the review within 90 days from once it was published. So some interesting kind of parameters around some of them. So if you are mm-hmm. going to look, if you're self publishing, you're doing some of these advanced reviews. You know, uh, there's tons of resources and, and and directories to go to and look through. And I found a couple that I'm going to approach, but also like. Now I'm in a stage of like finding bloggers uh, or people who are writing for certain websites like pop culture, or, you know, authors for writers, for like space.com or finding like the niche blogs that would, where the readers would probably be interested in, in my book yeah. um, and approaching them and be like, Oh, I saw you reviewed such and such pop culture thing for this website. Would you, I'll send you a copy of the book. Would you be open to reviewing and, you know, doing a write up about it? Um, so that's kind of like the step I'm at now, which is like, it's a little daunting but uh, what about
1: um kind of i mean fun. i feel like this feeds into that and i'm sure it's on your radar what about like podcasts there must be podcasts for independent reviews but they have independent authors on
0: yeah i find i know it's a good a great one i i did find a couple of podcasts i'm gonna approach uh there's one called i think whiskeys and whiskey whiskey and words uh where they like you know do whiskey tasting and talk about books and book reviews oh, very cool yeah i'm gonna i haven't i found them a while ago i'm gonna reach out to them I don't know what their threshold is for, you know, self-published versus not. um, But it's like, hey, I'll send you a copy of the book. Take a look at it. See that it's legit. Hey, send him a bottle of whiskey. And a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's an expensive $60. (laughs) seventy dollars. how many copies of the book I have to sell, Tim, to cover that bottle of whiskey? (laughs) You're going to have to buy 10 more. But yeah, they're, they're, yeah there's definitely podcasts out there and it's just a lot of legwork uh i've got a great spreadsheet that includes all of like you know the different types of you know uh, groups and people i'm going to reach out to and that's going to be like nice pretty much the next step once i get the cover art kind of finalized and get some proof copies in i'm um, just reaching out but again that's a, the timing of those things like i can't ex- i can't send something
1: to someone and be like hey can you review this and expect them to do it in like a week that, that's not gonna happen yeah. right And I think I'm okay with that. This is kind of maybe more on the crowdsource side of things. But I feel like when I come across, whenever I'm curious at a book or I'm at the library or something, and I'm like curious how something landed. And granted, these are traditionally published books. But the two things that I tend to come across most when I'm Googling are Goodreads reviews, honestly, Hmm. and like Amazon reviews and the Amazon author profiles. Okay. Are yep. you setting up an Amazon author profile?
0: Yeah, definitely. But you can't do it until the book's published. So, but yeah.
1: Oh, word. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: So like you, it's a, it's Amazon author central or something like that. So you publish your book yeah. and then you go claim the book and you say, yeah, this is me. This is my book. And then that's when you can build your author page. Um,
1: so yeah, I'll have like an author page, uh, all set up. And Goodreads, honestly, it's like, it's very crowdsourced. It almost never feels like, you know how Amazon will kind of send, like you can tell not just with Amazon products, but obviously with some of the books that they're either, you know, paid reviews or friends reviews or free copy reviews. Yeah. So there's like some marketing element to the Amazon reviews. It feels like Goodreads to me feels brutally honest. And yeah, maybe because yeah. it's divorced from a sale. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's yeah. very much like user generated and people aren't afraid to be very... Critical. Even (laughs) though it's
0: even though it's owned by Amazon, you can click right through Goodreads to go to Amazon to buy a book.
1: (laughs) Is I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Goodreads is owned by Amazon? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh geez, I had no idea, dude. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting
0: too, like going through and finding review bloggers and reviewers, I found like a list like this directory and I was like, you know, you can punch in Thriller and, you know, whatever, Science Sci-Fi and I'll narrow down a list and I was going to like people's websites and like, yeah, I do reviews. Uh, You know, most of them are free. Some might charge, but most of them are free. And they're like, yeah, I'll post on Goodreads, I'll do a review on Amazon, blah, blah, blah. And like everyone I kept clicking on from like a couple of these services like not accepting, you know, review copies now, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Is this accurate like i don't like it was like a dozen or so i went through like trying to find Mm. something this is this is becoming now like a waste of my time you know right right. i know i need to put the legwork in here but i'm like i need to just work on something else you know
1: can i ask one question before we kind of move on to what we're watching and reading has this pragmatic portion of the process affected the creation process like do you feel split between too many things like to be able to effectively write the next book or can you do both can you push all things forward at the same time the creative and the product launch at first
0: it definitely impacted the creative because i needed to change my brain and these are these are things that like i've never done any of these things before so i think i was more focused on learning what all these these pieces are what are what is everyone suggesting here let me learn about them figure out what, what they are and kind of set my own goals. So it definitely pulled me away cause I was doing not only planning, but also learning at the same time. And yeah. I think initially I took on, Oh, I'm going to do all of this stuff and I got to do this six months out. All right. Yeah, cool. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let yeah. me shave this down to something that's fits within what I can handle. Um, so I think like now it's, um, now it's a bit better. Now I got it under control what I want to do now getting better at like kind of balancing, like tackling these things. It's like, okay, what's the task I got to handle? What can I making sure that I'm still sticking with the creative and writing every day and focusing right. on like, what's the next, what's the next book and pick, picking away at that while I'm, you know, kind of doing this. I can't, I got to be careful, of, like how much I, like, I obviously I want to have a big, I want to have a decent splash and I want to focus on doing this stuff correctly or the best I can for the first book so I can learn about it. And then next book, I'll say like, what can I do? What should I've done better, you know, differently instead mm-hmm. of getting to the second book and being like, uh, what did I do? So, right. um, I think just keeping tabs on the things that I am choosing to do and keeping an eye on like, are they having an impact that I expect and why didn't they, or, and how could they, uh, for the next time around? So
1: because from afar it seems like you're you've had a moment while all this is going on you actually had a fair amount of inspiration to create yeah because i know like you were throwing some you know you had some outlines and some beat planning and what's happening with i think you've got two or three books kind of yeah. spinning in your head right now and i didn't yeah. know if you'd been able to focus enough to push those forward, or if it's just kind of the ideation process right now?
0: Still the ideation process. I think I'm still like very early with like some plotting out for one book. And then all of a sudden I had some ideas for a second book and I was like, oh, this is going to work. And I was like, wait a second, that's not the book for this character. And I was like, I got to change that. (laughs) And it's still very much just like throwing all the, the pasta on the walls and seeing what sticks and kind of spinning ideas together. And like, like now I'm like, oh, I got a really good, I feel really good about kind of like the story and my antagonist and like kind of ch- again, changing the things I was doing with the first book, my process and thinking like, let me make this antagonist interesting. Like what does this motivate you know what I mean? So shifting. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that hasn't, I haven't lost that. Uh, and I I'm definitely shifting more into I'm trying to do like a 50, 50 here where I'm still creating and working through while doing all this other fun. You know what it sounds stuff. like, it
1: sounds like you've got too many goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? My goal
0: should be, Launch the book, second goal should be write the next one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So because I know you're like just putting the absolute finishing touches on the book right now. Like you're 99% done. Yeah. But it's not done done. And then you're planning this launch, which in and of itself is a whole other huge. Yeah. And then planning the next one to two to three books. Yeah, it sounds like one of those restaurants that you walk into that has like sushi and pizza and lasagna and tacos and you're like and tacos pick, and, pick and you're one to like, be good, good at it. Big yeah. one. It's too many options.
0: Yeah, I don't want sushi taco pizza either. <laughs>
1: Actually, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> this whole book <laughs> thing doesn't work out. <laughs> sushi taco pizza. Sushi All right.
0: Pizza. So what do you uh, we're done with that. That's it. We're 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 shipping this into space. What do you um? what are you reading and watching?
1: You know, I don't have loads to share, so I'll just say very briefly. Um, I'm still kind of split between my <laughs> Anne Rice and McCarthy. I'm still mm. reading The Crossing, okay, um, which is the second one of McCarthy's Border Trilogy. Oh, so you finished the all the Pretty Horses? I finished all the Pretty Horses.
0: Okay, it was awesome. Okay, good because I just it was, got it. I just got it from the library, so I'm going to
1: be reading that next. I absolutely loved it. Um, and, you know, it's these books are so dry. That the smallest bit of humor or like levity or like quirky dialogue elicits yeah. like a, a laugh out loud moment for me.
0: Yeah, I, um, I got a good example of
1: that too. But yeah, I can't, I can't. the crossing is very much in the vein of all the pretty horses, mm-hmm. um, and which makes sense, you know. I, I think that. There's these three books. I forget what they are. I know it's all the pretty horses, the crossing, and I'm spacing on the last one. But it's the same world. It's the same time period. I think eventually, like every book stands on its own, but I think eventually the, some of the characters begin to meet. I will say one thing about the crossing is that sometimes it feels like, I don't know how to say this correctly, but Cormac McCarthy is pretending to be Cormac McCarthy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he's found his style. And he knows that he uses and, 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 like, his toolbox is beginning. Maybe it's just I'm getting more familiar with his toolbox, but it's standing out more. Yeah. Um, Just kind of like when a band finds their sound, you know, it's like, oh, there's that guitar sound, you know, or these are the notes they're hitting. Like, I I hear his notes, and they're standing out more. And it takes me out of it a little bit, I think, because sometimes, like, the uh, metaphor or the similes, they're they're not landing as well as the first books ones did because they're hard to picture for me and some are absolutely beautiful you know yeah. I mean he's a wonderful writer it's just I was completely engrossed in the first book I'm maybe a little more pulled back from this one and yeah. I'm not I'm not sure why I mean it's, it's still early days I'm probably only 100 pages in yeah, yeah. so maybe that spell will continue to as, as the trust is built like because it took a while right and all the pretty horses to kind of understand where the story's going. And it's the same way with, with this book is I don't, there's a lot of mystery. And yeah. so with all the pretty horses, like at the end, I was like, oh, that's where it was. Here's the arc. But when I mm-hmm. was in it, I had no idea yeah, yeah. where these characters are going to land. And there's some excitement and trust building. And I think I'm still in the kind of trust building phase with, with this book. Mm. Um, but I think I'm in good hands. And then the Anne Rice stuff, I, I hate to be hard on Anne Rice because she's very, it was a very talented author, but it's, um, it's tough. I'm reading The Vampire Lestat. Um, the character does a, a complete 180 from the character that she introduced in the interview with the vampire.
0: You mentioned that like we were just chatting off offline there before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the, she introduces this idea of the unreliable narrator, you know, mm-hmm. when thinking back. So now, like this main character, Lestat, who was like the Tom Cruise character in the movie, is saying that the narrator of the first book was unreliable. Yeah. um which in a way to me undermines the first book and makes me doubt the veracity of the narrator in this book yeah um so it's it's hurting my suspension of disbelief um a little bit so i still want to go through it cuz i'm still kind of looking at comps for you know vampire tales and um i'll probably stop after this one i may read twilight I I, I I feel weird even saying that. Joel's like, "Yeah, go read that romance novel." And I was like, <laughs> "I need comps. Like, I need kid vampire comps if if I'm gonna move into this next story or not and see if it's worth writing or not." So yeah. we'll see. Um. Otherwise, I mean, that's that's about it for what I'm reading. How about yeah. you? Um, Cities of the Plain, by the way, that's the third book in the
0: the Border Trilogy.
1: So I think that's the one where I think the, the protagonists of the first two me. Uh, I
0: think think last time I was reading Sutri, Sutri, Sutri. We're both on a very Cormac McCarthy kick, it
1: seems lately. Uh, I'll tell you, it's helped me edit. I'm like, cut all this out.
0: Cut all this fat, right? Cut everything out. I read that one. I finished that one. For me, it was like the most boring beautiful book i've ever read it's just uh stuff happens to this to this character and he's just kind of living life some of it was pretty interesting some i mean the writing was obviously it's it's fantastic and like the way he describes <laughs> living in a, in a houseboat is is fantastic but um i just found i it was just like a little uh it was a, it was kind of like slow for me um but then i immediately read picked up uh no country for old men and that is fantastic like that was I'd seen the movie, but it had been long enough where I kind of kind of remembered some things. Of course, it's tough because, like, now having seen the movie and then reading a the book, like, I can picture all the characters as you know the actors from from the uh, from the movie. But I thought that was fantastic, and kind of tying to your your point of Cormac McCarthy, kind of some of his dry humor or lines in there, you start cracking up about, and like. He has a "No Country for Old Men," and it's it's sugar, like the hitman there or whatever. He's got some of these lines in the book that like weren't some of them were in the movie, but some are in the book. I'm just like I think he's joking, but it's so dry, it's funny anyways. <laughs> or like, I think yeah, he's yeah. not joking, but yeah, I really really enjoyed that one. I also didn't piece to. Maybe I can't remember exactly the the movie uh, structure entirely. I mean, it was pretty close to the book. I think there's definitely some scenes in the, the book that aren't in the in the movie. But the book is definitely from the sheriff's perspective, right? It's like Tommy Lee Jones. Like it's his. He's kind of like the the guy running through and talking about how this country isn't for old men anymore. But yeah, I love that one. Uh, definitely felt like he hit kind of like a stride in terms of the McCarthy style, his own style. Yeah.
1: I read that so long ago and I read it after I'd seen the movie. In fact, I think I had like the book that had the movie cover on it that yeah. they merged to me. I think I need actually to reread and rewatch because yeah. they're one in the same in yeah. my head.
0: I, I mean, the, I mean, the movie is fantastic. Like, I mean, there's, there's no doubt. I'm, I it actually wanted me, got me excited to like rewatch the movie. Um, but yeah. So finish that b- both those books. Uh, fantastic. Uh, enjoyed no country much, much more. Uh, so tree was, kind of just kind of got into a slog but again beautifully written so it's like a literary poetry po- poetic kind of you know uh style to it. where no country is definitely a bit more leaner uh in its in its writing and um style
1: yeah i guess i mean it says that Sutri was semi-autobiographical yeah so I, I guess your critiques are about his life
0: yeah pretty boring
1: <laughs> pretty boring
0: live in a houseboat go fishing getting drunk with
1: his buddies pretty much every day was there could you pick out the beats were they present was there like a three act structure to it that was i mean it's probably there it's there.
0: yeah uh, you know it's there i think there there's definitely major moments cuz it's it takes place i think over quite quite a while um Yeah, there's there's definitely like kind of like the big moments uh, that the character has, and yeah, you could definitely call out the beats. I I couldn't recite them right now, but I could I can see them in my head. Like I'm thinking through the book and like the structure, and you know, kind of like the bottom of the barrel moment, and uh, you know, then getting into the third act. But
1: um, you know, what's interesting about the border trilogy so far is that at least the two books that I one that I've read and one that I'm reading is that, and you wouldn't expect it, they're really about like love, like love of your friends, you know, of your relationships, of the countryside, of nature, of yeah. family. There really is this kind of, like, beautiful romantic view of what it's yeah. like in, like, Texas into Mexico. Love of language, there's so much of it that, that's in Spanish, hmm. which you wouldn't expect, usually, because then there's these, like, moments that are punctuated by violence, kind of yep. out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, they're, they're wonderful books.
0: And then uh, I just started... Uh... I, f- I feel terrible for saying this, but I'm just catching up on reading. I didn't read a lot when I was a kid, so I'm catching up. But uh, I-, I just started a Michael Crichton's uh, timeline because I want to do some, you know, some more time travel-y kind of stuff. Uh, that's a that's a multi universe kind of uh, plot going on there. Okay, uh, I'm probably about a third of the way through. Uh, I-, I have not read any other Michael Crichton books, so I know i Really, uh, I swore yeah.
1: you that you would have before writing host. Yeah,
0: no, I, I did not. And uh, he's been on my list for a long time. I got like a whole bunch of books, obviously, Jurassic Park and all the other, you know, uh, was it Sphere, I think is one of the big ones of his or something. Um, oh, think, yeah. Yeah, but he's got, so I got a couple on the list and this one popped up first. So I was like, oh, the time, there's a little time travel thing going on here. or multi-universe stuff going on, so check it out. It's definitely very plot driven. There's a million characters already. And it's so interesting to like going from reading No Country for Old Men where Cormac McCarthy, he's not going to give you a description of what someone looks like or tell you how old he did he doesn't care like he, sure you can pick like he's got some description occasionally right and it'll come in through here and there Crichton. it's like as soon as the character it's like it's like a it's like he's got a template it's like yeah. character character name age what they look like blah 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 here's a whole exposition about
1: who oh, they wow, are like a, i was like it's like a rap sheet
0: yeah and i was like did you just take this from like your profile you did the characters plop it in here I was like, huh. this is so much exposition about a character. Everyone that's introduced is like this. I don't know how his other books and are, but is it, is... is it
1: through like any character movement, like you know, he mussed up his brown hair, or like no, or is it it's all not, just like this just, is how the person looks.
0: This is it. Boom, like just drops like description of them and even gives you like a little backstory about them. I was like, and he's interesting. Does it every character, he's got like 20 characters in like the first like 15% of the book. Um, and I'm like, I'm it's not like even 300 sure. pages. Yeah. I mean, the book itself is like 500 pages. And I'm like, holy smokes. And there's a ton of exposition. And I'm getting through like now kind of exposition about the the science of how this works. And it's like, a. did solid- you find yourself
1: skimming? I'm curious. Did you skim those character descriptions once you kind of caught on that it kept happening?
0: I, I kept reading through the details because I just wanted to see, I kind of just want to see how he's going to, if he's going to keep doing this this way.
1: Um, I'll tell you, I catch myself skimming vampire-less stat. Like, yeah. And then I go back and reread it because it just. but you know, I don't know, the spell isn't cast.
0: But I'll tell you though, uh, a lot of those characters, I probably couldn't regurgitate what they look like or anything like that because it, it just felt like I've got a list now of like numbers and hair color and that's it. I'm like, I forget. Because, you know because it all came out so much at once you know it's like yeah. having 10 12 characters all described like one after another i'm like
1: yeah uh, I, I still don't care <laughs> it's like you need to take notes on it like yeah Russ,
0: right classes. uh interesting uh, so i thought that was really interesting a uh, ton of exposition uh, obviously he gets a little more into to technicality and, and and technology of of his plots uh and i was even reading like i kind of went down a rabbit hole of, like reviews some of his books and they, most of the reviews are like yeah his characters are just kind of Nah, but he's huh. just he's just known for the plot, I guess. But, but yeah, this is this is just uh, my take on like the first you know third of a of a book I've read for the first time. So
1: so then we talked before, like in, I think I don't know how many episodes ago, but story versus plot. So he's heavy on the plot. Do his characters push the plot forward, like their story? Like yes, I mean, like, do their characters inform what's happening, or is the plot just the plot?
0: The the plot's kind of just moving, moving along, you know, like events are, events are happening. The characters, I mean, they are kind of some, like, I guess it's really being driven by, I think he's the antagonist. Basically he's the the tech CEO, super genius guy who came up with this technology Uh, Mm. and he comes across as like kind of just like a brash, you know, asshole CEO guy, right? I'm smarter than everyone else in the room type of thing, but an event something happens and then, you know, He's now kind of pushing things along for his own his own goals right and he's kind of pulling mm. people in so yeah I guess there is a character kind of pushing along the, the plot but like I'm just wondering like oh how do they how do they time travel around where is this guy this guy that we introduced in the very beginning who's now dead you know where did he why did he you know that's the question right that's like the kind of the setup and then it, it jumps to uh, another group of characters of like five or six characters and there's another event that happens a lot of exposition, but I will say, even though there's a ton of exposition and it's, and it's very plot technology uh, heavy right now, like reading it, I don't, it doesn't, I don't feel like an idiot. You know what I mean? It's not like reading, mm-hmm. like an Andy Weir book where it's just kind of like, all right, man, yeah, cool. You did your research. It's more, it's got a good flow to it. So it's like, I'm cruising through it. Uh, even though it, yeah. gets pretty, it, it gets into the technical aspects of it. Um, but it's like, I'm, it moves along. So like the pacing and the writing is very just easy. Um, yeah. Find yeah I've never read
1: any Crichton, but I always like, you know, obviously it's always in the periphery kind of like Dan Brown and it seems like, um, yeah. I mean, they're beach reads, but they're thick beach reads.
0: Yeah. I mean, and also it's probably explains why uh, how many of his books have turned into movies, you know, like these, these, these authors where it's like heavy plot driven, pretty, you know, written very cleanly, um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, not overly complicated or that they they have the ability to kind of burn down some of like the, the complicated things to, to make it easy, you know, just you can cruise around on the beach. So yeah, so that's it. That's what I'm reading, watching, not watching anything.
1: Watch the original Blob. I'm happy I watched a- and the remake. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, since like you know, it's a creature feature. Yeah. And since my book is a creature feature, I wanted to like see where I where I was landing. But I'm so happy I watched those after. Yeah. I finished because um I think it would have I think like the Blob and Chud and the Blob remake. You know, they all kind of live in my subconscious. Yeah. So there's moments of my book that like feel very similar. It was so weird to like go back to these movies after, I don't know, 30 years or something. Yeah. And be like, I can't believe this lives in my brain. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen this in so long and yet. There's so many moments just like, like just from my book s- that are
0: stored in the back of your brain. It kind of surface as you're coming. Oh, this is an idea. It's like, oh my god, this like informed
1: <laughs> me as a person. You know, it's really weird, but yeah. Other than that, you watch anything? Didn't enjoy John Wick four. I'll tell you that much. Ah, uh, I was looking forward to that. I, and now I probably won't watch
0: it. And watch it when it comes on streaming sometime. I don't know how that movie's sitting at ninety four percent. It's two hours and forty nine minutes. I'm just like, what? What? Because people like Keanu Reeves.
1: I mean, like he's. He's like, so his like likable meme has turned into.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's kind on board. I'm on board, but uh, the movie is just too long. Again, they're, they're getting too drawn into setting up sequels and prequels and TV shows and lore where you spend two hours of movie doing lore. And and it's like, this isn't Lord of the Rings. Pump the brakes. Yeah. It's an action movie where the guy's shooting everyone in the head three times. Like just.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they're building it out. Right. It's a, mach- it's a money
0: machine now. So, so that's it, All right, dude. All right. Well, that's our episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed it, pass along to someone, uh, who you think might also enjoy it. Uh, if you've got any topic ideas or feedback, you can still find us on Twitter at writer underscore syndrome run Instagram now too. Oh uh, yeah. Writer syndrome books. So go check that out. There'll be more posts and stuff coming up. We're going to start uh, cataloging our, our writer syndrome book club, <laughs> the stuff we've been reading. So uh, and you can go to writer for all our other episodes go and contact. And in you, could go you could go to
1: ruscapasso.com.
0: You could go to ruscapasso.com and sign up for a newsletter and find out what the hell I'm working on
1: and see <laughs> and see, see pictures Be of the first to receive the, the inaugural newsletter.
0: Yeah. And get uh, photos of not of not my dog. You know, when, wait, hold on. What life. about a
1: free book? Free. book? whoa, whoa, whoa. Free book. <laughs> <laughs> What are you, crazy, man? I think I read that somewhere. they like give a book of giveaways, right? Uh,
0: yeah. I got to write another one to give it away for free. Tim, <laughs> I got to pay no, rent. Just... I got to pay rent. Okay.
1: <laughs> I, I, you get the first half for free. I get the yeah, first half for free. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. That is a thing. Reader your magnets. Uh, I might have some fun stuff actually tied to the book uh, that I will offer for people if they sign up for the newsletter. So uh, coming probably in the coming months. It won't be a full book, but it'll be some, I think, uh, some fun stuff. I'm just going to include that's part of the, all the lore, you know, <laughs>
1: maybe some spreadsheet templates.
0: Ooh, we want a free <laughs> spreadsheet. <laughs> all right. Enough of this. Enough of this tomfoolery. All right, man. Uh, join us next, uh, episodes. Uh, until next time, keep writing.